This is Infinite Spaghetti, a guided tour of the cosplay and creative archives with your host, Ethan Minsker. Part of the Project Nerd Podcast Network. Hello out there in the interweb world. This is Ethan Minsker. I'm going to bring Stephen on. He is the head of SKS Props. Yeah, for those that don't know me, my name is Steve, SKS Props, pretty much is what I go by at conventions nowadays. I'm a multi-award winning costume and prop maker, and I've been doing this for about eight years. And not long ago, I started my own line of products, and my basic goals nowadays, I don't really compete much anymore. My whole thing now is to teach people how to do all the stuff that I do. Yeah, I'm uh, located in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, I actually moved here about four years ago from Kansas City. Being a prop maker, you can be anywhere. It's not like you have to be centralized in Hollywood anymore because you can just ship stuff all over the country. Can you tell me about the awards for prop making and costume making? Like, give me a rundown of that. Yeah, so, I mean, the big ones that are out there nowadays are going to be like your, you know, C2E2 and, you know, Emerald City, where all those big conventions come together. I did a huge World of Warcraft full-scale orc years ago. Um, I'm about 5'7", I'm about six foot six in the orc, so, I mean, it is massive, complete muscle suit. And I took first in the U.S. with that particular costume and third in the world competition. And then a little bit after that, I was on a TV show called Cosplay Melee, and I had uh, won my episode of that, and then I was the grand prize winner at TwitchCon. And so they were all kind of like, bam, 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 and those are kind of some of the biggest ones that you can be part of. So after I won those three, I actually kind of retired and uh, moved on to judging, you know, the shows that bring me out as a guest. So... It went from competing a few times because my whole thing was if I was going to compete, I wanted to do it on a, a larger scale. And then after I'd won those, it, it, in my opinion, once you win the big ones, then you should kind of like leave it to others and then move on to judging and critiquing. Now you're doing, I saw you were doing like some stuff stuff for like television and movies oh uh, well actually since the very beginning of me doing this uh, i've worked with a lot of different companies behind the scenes uh, the very first one that i ever did was i did a dragon age inquisition full armor set and it was the very first foam build i had ever done and that was actually flown to norway and used in lindsey sterling's music video for dragon age which is just a huge honor, and I actually got to meet her a couple of years after that. Ever since then, it's just kind of been a snowball thing where I've worked with Microsoft, I've worked with Bungie, um, I've worked with Activision, and then for some of the movies, like not long ago, there was a movie called Turbo Kid out there. It's uh, like Mad Max, BMX, it's over the top gore, it's an awesome movie. Uh, but I loved the whole premise of it. I loved the style of it. And I actually made one of the characters from it called Skeletron. And I put up, um, like the movie came out Friday. And then the following week, I was in Dragon Con with the full costume. And I had pictures and everything. And the executives actually contacted me because they were upset. They actually thought that some of their prop production people had taken props and sold them off. And I had to like show them work in progress pictures and to prove that I'd actually built this thing from scratch. And uh, ever since that, though, they were like, oh, well, that's awesome. And would you want to work with us? And so I did. I actually made a whole bunch of the masks that they sold 
through Indiegogo to help raise money uh, for the movie, for the production and for uh, screening it through different places. I believe that movie is on Netflix, I think. Are you ever on set for these? Uh, I don't go on set. That's kind of my thing. It's like I'm working with some NDA clients right now, and um, I've done several things for them, but it's just where I make it. I send it off to them, and it's up to them to do you know, any photography that they want to have done or any pre-production that they want to have behind the scenes for that's uh that's all on them. I just, I hang out in my shop. In my opinion, it, it's the whole thing of my shop time now is more valuable than me going to these things. You know, it, it being here and be able to create, be a content creator is very important. And so yeah, shop time, you know, there's so many hours in the day. All right, but let's go to the origin story. You know, I'm one of those people I truly do believe everything happens for a reason. Like, the, to where I am currently, the, too many coincidences. It all actually starts with me being an appliance salesperson at Lowe's. And I was one of the best appliance salespeople in the entire Kansas City area. Doing that, I made a lot of friends at Lowe's that were also specialists in other departments. And me and my friends, almost every single night, we get out of there at like 11 o'clock after closing down, and we go home and we would play Call of Duty or Borderlands or any of the variety of different games. Borderlands was the big one, though, that we were playing at that point in time. It was the first year that Planet Comic Con in Kansas City was moving to Bartle Hall. They were moving to a larger venue. And so my friends suggested that we go to the Comic-Con. And they're like, I've never gone to one. That sounds awesome. Like, let's check it out. And then they had actually also said, well, we're going to dress up as different characters from Borderlands. I didn't know what cosplay was. I didn't know that it was really a thing to go dressed up as some of your favorite characters at these conventions. But I was intrigued by the fact of making a costume in general. I went to school for illustration, so I've been an illustrator and a painter for years and years and years and years. When I was working at Lowe's, I was doing a lot of that freelance, you know, part-time and had my full-time job. So when it came to making a costume, I was like, well, I've got the, you know, artistic side of it. Like, I could probably learn how to do this. One of the friends that I was working with, his name was Luke, his cousin, who is Josh Cullen of Cullen Cosplay, was on the Replica Prop Forum, or the RPF, and it's a website that it was like professionals and amateurs, but you would show how you built something prop-wise, costume-wise, start to finish, and I got enthralled with that particular website, and so I learned a ton from it. I learned how to sculpt, how to mold, how to cast in resin, and that's where it really took off, is that all my friends were, were the heroes from Borderlands. I always gravitate towards the bad guys, because I usually think they look cooler, and so I was like, I want to be a Borderlands psycho, so I looked online, and at that point, Cosplay wasn't really big, and so I could not find any psycho masks within the U.S. There was one guy on Etsy that was selling them overseas, but they were like $300. And I was like, that's a lot of money. I could probably learn how to make this. I, of course, spent $500 on all the material that I needed, but I actually created my own psycho mask. And this is the very first one that I... I had made and that I actually wore to Planet Comic Con. But I'd made that, I made a buzz axe to go along with it that's up on my wall. And all of these were hand sculpted resin cast. I mean, they were very, very detailed. And I went to the con with my friends and the exposure was insane. Like I had so many interviews 
of people asking me like how long I've been doing this, like how many hours did I put into this costume? And I had no idea it was a big thing like that. Uh, it was also the year that sci-fi was there filming their group and so i i'd ran into a lot of those people and i began had no idea who any of them were like you know yaya han and you know jesse loggers and all of them uh now they're all friends but at that point i was like i don't know any of this but it was a blast and from there it snowballed and i just went to con after con after con and it just kind of grew in popularity uh, especially with mask making. Uh, that's what I was really known for in the beginning. Every, you know, I'm known for foam nowadays, but everything that I'd made in the past was all hand sculpted, molded, and resin cast. That's still primarily what I do for a lot of the different video game companies or other companies that contact me for prop work. Where did you go to school? I uh, went to CMSU, or now UCM, so in, uh, in Warrensburg. The University of... Central Missouri. You were specifically within the art program of that school. Yeah, in Missouri, there was only two schools at the time that had accredited illustration programs. Uh, one was, uh, you know, the Kansas City Art Institute, and then the other one was UCM. And so um, I had to end up going there and got my commercial illustration degree through that. You know, in the beginning, it's hard to make it as an artist. All right, I'm going to tell anybody straight off, if you want to be an artist, everybody draws. Yeah, you know, like you go to a Comic Con now and you see Artist Alley and there are, you know, hundreds of people sitting there drawing. You know, I was always good at illustration, but building and all that has is is different. You know, I feel that this is taking me in a different direction where not everybody does this. And so taking two D illustrations and making them 3D, or in my case, I do a ton of video game stuff. So taking video game characters and making them real is something that I've done over the years and something I've been good at and, you know, made a name for myself. And it's that whole artistic side that I never thought that I would actually use. I took Sculpting 1 in art school because I had to, and I was like, and I hated it. I was like, what am I going to be sculpting? I, I draw stuff, and now I sculpt all the time. So. Do you make your full income from doing this and your line of products, or do you do illustration on the side too? I mean, tell me about the economic side of this. Yeah, in the beginning, so when I was working at Lowe's still, my prop making was always, you know, the, the stuff on the side. But it got to the point where I was working 40 hours a week at Lowe's and I was working 30, 40 hours a week doing props and costumes. And so I, I just could not do that anymore. And so it got to the point where I went part time at Lowe's and went full time doing the prop making stuff. And that was doing a lot of commissions. Um, I did a lot of stuff for like I've sent out like over 1600 individual props that were all handmade over the past years but I got to the point where I can't continue to do this and so that's where now it's transitioning into selling my products selling the HD foam teaching people how to use it and that has migrated me from basically having to get all these projects done on deadlines and not really getting to choose what I want to do versus now I get to pick all the projects that I want, teach people how to do it, and still this is my income. This is my livelihood. You don't have other employees? Sounds, it seems like you should uh, hire some people to be working for you. 
No, I, I do pretty much everything on my own. Um, my buddy, Scott Pope, who is also known as Wildcard, he actually helps me run the HD foam side of things. Uh, he's the one where, it, you know, he takes care of a lot of the logistics side of it. So I can focus on building and painting and making all this stuff. So that does help. But having someone, because it, it does get to that point. I'm one of those, I'm very much hands-on. I hate letting go. It does come to a point where you have to have someone else kind of step in and help out. Um, let's get into some of the products now. For those that don't know, this is foam. This is HD foam. This is my line. That's the thing is like when I started, when I built the Orc years ago and I did Dragon Age, we didn't have cosplay specific foam. We were using stuff from Harbor Freight, you know, the floor mats. And that's what a lot of people learned on. Eventually they upgraded. And the biggest thing that I wanted to do was put out a product that would be perfect for beginners and professionals. The biggest issue with a lot of people when they start working with foam and using floor mats is that they're heat treated. They're designed to be stood on, so they're very, very tough. Scott actually helped me find a company that allowed me to choose the shore hardness, the density, the color, and I was basically like, all right, if I had to pick any foam that I could have, what would I make? And so that's where I was able to come up with HD foam. And for those that are new to foam smithing or have been doing it for years, I recommend to try it out. I guarantee you, you will notice a huge difference because it has the highest density at a Shore 38 hardness, which basically to the layman means that it cuts and sands smoother than anything else that's out there. It's smooth on both sides, so you don't have to deal with any textures. And the fact that it's light gray was very important to me because I can use a ballpoint pen or pencil to transfer all of my templates over. About a year ago, I partnered with Blick Art Materials, which is an awesome art store. And so they actually exclusively carry my HD foam now. And so they handle all of the distribution, all the storage uh, and shipping of it is the fact that we have a cosplay starter bundle which has a roll of two six and ten millimeter in that whole bundle kit and it's about 35 you know 35 38 bucks depending on if it's on sale or not so for 35 bucks that is a lot of product to be able to work with. oh i get it so it's like different thickness of mm -hmm. the um and the thickness would matter for like say the core and then details on the top Exactly. You were saying like, so you can sand this and cut it? Foam smithing, uh, which is what they call mm -hmm. it, is so accessible because a lot of this stuff, like when I first started off, I didn't have a shop like this. I didn't have a whole bunch of power tools. I had an X-Acto knife and I had a rotary tool and that was pretty much it. And that's pretty much all you need. Uh, so yeah, in the beginning, all you need is like a utility knife to cut your materials, adhesive, which I use contact cements and super glues. Um, and then a rotary tool, those is what you need to get really good at to be able to smooth the foam over, round it over and get all those intricate little details that are in it. And I go over all of this stuff on my YouTube. Uh, so for people that are brand new, you can go to my YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash SKS props. And you can see start to finish a whole bunch of different projects where I can show you exactly what I'm talking about. Plus, I have a ton of free templates that you can download and then build right along with the video as well. I wanted to make sure that it worked with all different types of adhesives. So I have not found any adhesives it does not work with. So you could still use hot glue if you wanted. I just personally don't use hot glue anymore because I had an experience 
where I made a costume and I took that costume to Dragon Con and I marched in the parade, which is in Atlanta in the summertime, and the hot glue started failing on certain parts. So I that's why I've pretty much switched over to doing contact cements and super glues. So with my contact cement, um, I use uh, Weldwood quite a bit, which you can find at just about any uh, hardware store, like Lowe's or Home Depot carries it, and it's pretty cheap. You'll hear a lot of people talk about barge, which I used to use all the time, but I got to the point where Weldwood I found pretty much just as good, and it's about one-third the cost, so might as well go that direction. And then for my super glue. I am a big fan of Bob Smith Super Glue specifically, and this is a gap filling medium, so it, its viscosity is a little bit different. It's not as runny as some of the other super glues that you'll have out there, so that's why I like it because it will kind of stay in place until you press the foam together and tack it, and then super glue on this type of a foam, once you push it together, like it's it's done in a couple seconds, so next product is also like the mold what you're talking about is what they call foam clay and this is an air dry material and uh, comes on a little 300 gram tub like this and it's kind of like crayola model magic you know how they've had for forever but the difference is like crayola model magic dries out super fast and it cracks and it's not very malleable this stuff in the very beginning is very malleable it's very easy to work with and then after a couple of weeks to a month becomes rock hard now if it's if it's put on too thin it could become brittle so you have to keep that kind of stuff in consideration but that's where like i made this little mushroom gnome house for blick art materials for one of their videos and the whole top of the mushroom here it's foam underneath and i did the foam clay on top was able to build it up and it sands really, really well, and then it takes paint really well. So that's the kind of things that you can do with it. You can get a lot of weird kind of compound curves that might be a little more difficult to make in your foam products. And it seems like it's also very, very light. Extremely light, yes. Uh, that's even where I just recently did this uh, Link Shield. It's a Deku Shield from the Ocarina of Time. And it's two pieces of foam that make up this bottom section here. It's two pieces of 10 millimeter. And I put the foam clay in between and then was able to sculpt it with a silicone tip sculpting tool. And it's seamless after that. So that's where like having that ability to sand it, to manipulate it works really well, especially if you're dealing with multiple layers. And you're saying a silicone-based tip because if you use wood or something else, it'll stick to it, or...? It can. Um, I, I do use uh, tongue depressors sometimes, and if you are going to do that, or if you're going to use your fingers on it, you want to wet the tongue depressor, wet the silicone tip tools, or wet your fingers, so that way the clay doesn't adhere to you. We were going to talk about Baby Yoda. That oh, one has been an extremely popular build. And so I really wanted to make a chibi style pram that it could sit in. And that was a very, very difficult, tough project to put together, but it's an entire video where you can download the template and go step by step through the entire thing and build your own. And that has been awesome because I have had so many people that are brand new to foam smithing or brand new to this hobby in general that have built that and send me pictures. So many people made those for their kids or for their for their uh, their partners for Christmas. I mean, it was it's been really really cool. When you come up with each of these 
templates and stuff, which you can download free from you for people who are beginning. The part I find interesting is you're completely coming up with the engineering of this yourself. That's actually the funnest part, though, to me. I love the engineering side of it. I love that whole... The only way I can describe it, because I've tried, is that I can... Visually, I can see these things in my head and I can almost 3D explode them. And I've done this for long enough that I know that if I make this shape into this shape, that it will make the shape that I'm, I'm wanting. Doing templates for things like this night helmet. It looks like it's somewhat complicated when it's all put together, but it's only like a few pieces and just about anybody can put this thing together. This is actually one of the very first ones that I had made my uh, my Blick videos. But it's stuff like this that's really fun is that if you're brand new, you can download that template, you can put this helmet together in a couple hours and you've got something tangible. You feel good about it because you actually have an end goal that you're aiming towards. That's the thing that I like now is really helping those people get to this point. When I started doing foam stuff years ago, there there wasn't there were no tutorials on foam foam is still looked on in certain hollywood aspects as being you know it's like whoa that's that's just kid stuff type of a thing but nowadays you see the costumes that are made out of foam and you're like that's amazing so it's a very very versatile material it's very easy for people to get involved in it because you again you don't need a big shop you can have one but you don't it's not a necessity all you need is Glue, a knife, rotary tool, good to go. So for the people who have no skill and have no ability, but like the stuff you do, I found that you have actually an Etsy shop where you sell these things. Do you want to talk about that? Are you still doing that or is this like an old? It's still up. I don't do it as much nowadays. My whole thing now is that um, I still sell a few things on there from time to time. But I've phased out more and more of those. Like there's very, very small amount that's still on there that I do. Um, so the stuff that you do see on there is a lot of Borderlands because I've worked with that company recently. You know, when Borderlands 3 came out, I made masks for them that I sent overseas for some of their actors and cosplayers to run around in. My own personal project is the Wasteland Alice stuff, which is... Uh, my own original IP, like Alice in Wonderland, but as a Mad Max type version. That's Wasteland Alice, and that was, uh, Alice in general was made in 2016. And it was just to make my own character and to make her mask. Like, I just had this envisioning of Alice. She's crazy, of course, and so Chesh is her mascot. And so she has this Cheshire cat gas mask, and she has a Chesh on the back of her jacket and then she wanders the wasteland with rose which is a, a metal bat with roses and and thorns and everything all over it and she's always wanting to wander the wastelands to paint it red and so from there i put out the character and everybody's like all right well what are the other characters that are in this world and so after cosplay melee which really burned me out i took about two months and i created a whole bunch of different characters, backstories, and then I actually put out a coloring book and playing cards through a Kickstarter uh, that was fully funded. And so it kind of gave people a taste of her world before the entire story really gets released. These are so great. I feel like they would make great vinyl dolls of themselves, you know? Did you ever think about doing that? Definitely. I've got all kinds of ideas in mind for IP and merch on, on this particular one. Do you have your own 
character that is fully your own. Actually, for uh, New York Comic Con this uh, when was it October of the previous year, I made an entire full armor set, and the guy was Harad Deathbringer or HD. Scott actually wore it at New York Comic Con, but we only had ten days to put this thing together to have it ready for the convention. So that was a completely custom build on that. And then the Wasteland Atlas thing, a bunch of my friends got together and actually cosplayed as characters from my world. And so we had, I think, like 10 or 12 different people dressed up as different characters from my Wasteland Atlas creation. And that was really cool. Uh, I hope to see more of that in the future as that story continues to grow. So now I'm about to pull up your website. For people who want to buy from you directly or find out more? Uh, SKSprops.com is the best place to go because on there I talk about HD foam. I have links for that. The big thing is if you're buying HD foam, if you buy it through my website, but if you click through my website or any of the links that are on my YouTube page, I still receive a small vendor affiliate, which that's another way that helps me to continue to do what I do. But then also on my page, I have you know past illustrations that I've done. I have all the different props and costumes and all the different videos that I go over. On that site, you can also find all your social media links, bios, all of that stuff. I feel like we're getting near the end. Is there anything that I haven't covered from your story? Yeah, so the big thing that I've really focused, changed my focus, is going from cosplay to props to now teaching people. And that's my big thing I, I like to do now is really teach people these fundamentals. Like I went to school for art. So, you know, I hated color theory when I was in that class, but now I use it every day. And I want to show people you don't necessarily have to go to school to learn how to do this kind of stuff. And so I have two daughters and they're both in school. Uh, well, not currently. Currently they're they're at home. I've been talking with the art council that's here in our city and one of the things that I had brought up was really trying to get more involved in the community and trying to bring together some kind of you know, like after school classes for kids that want to learn how to do this type of stuff, want to learn how to do cosplay, want to learn how to do props, because it is a big thing. I really didn't know how big it was with younger generations until my oldest daughter Haley had gone to a convention at a library and it was only for kids. Adults could not show up. The amount of kids that went there that learned how to play D&D &D and went there dressed up as their characters and it was really cool to see that. And that's one thing that like I could see big conventions and you have the adults that compete in the costume contest, but to see kids do it, see kids be able to wear this stuff, them emote their, you know, being a superhero and whatnot, that's really where it's at. And that's something I think that's very important to our community. Our community is very, very inclusive, I think, in that regard. And so nowadays, if you notice a lot of the props that I do, especially for my YouTube, were very, very detailed originally, and I've kind of backed that off somewhere. I sprinkle in some that are very simple, and now I'm getting a lot of families that are emailing me and messaging me saying, hey, myself and my kid put this together. We wanted to show you what we did. And that's awesome. I love seeing that if we're all going to be stuck at home, might as well learn a new skill, learn something, creativity, do some artistic stuff rather than just sit in front of the TV, you know, doing nothing. So I like how also on your, your website, has the tools and materials. So it's not like you're just giving templates, you're giving the tutorials, but you're also giving like a good resource of like, 
what do I need out of power tools? How do I, uh, the painting and, and all of that, which is a great resource. Your stuff has really inspired me. And I think I'm going to like definitely try some of this out. But I like the fact that, you know, it's like for me, it's like you go and you buy the material and the elements, but then it's like the tools and the, those other things that are so crucial and how to, mm-hmm. how to make that. So I really appreciate everything that you're doing to spread the knowledge of creativity, which is kind of the whole name of the game of the show. If you go to my YouTube on the the page when you first open it the very first video that comes up in the corner goes over all the different materials and tools that you'll need to start and it's you know it's only like 10 minutes long but it will get you get you a good foothold do you have any kind of crazy plans for the future anything coming up i know we're still in a pandemic but still in a pandemic at this point uh but i have lots of lots of builds planned lots of builds so if you guys don't follow me definitely consider following me give me a subscribe because there's no movies and video games have been sporadic a lot of the extra content that we'd normally come in to be building off of isn't there but that's why if you look at the builds that i do i go back 10 15 20 years and build stuff from the past i don't necessarily always build the things that are really really popular right now any last words you want to impart to our beautiful audience there thing that i'd say is if you are not a foam smith and you would like to become one feel free to jump into the community if you ever have questions on anything literally i check my messages all the time i may not get back to it right away but i will answer any message that comes through so there's no no barrier i don't have if you notice i don't have on my patreon page it's there for people to donate to me but i don't have paywalls because i don't i don't want to limit people's ability to learn steven thank you for coming on infinite spaghetti I'm going to give you the virtual handshake yeah knuckle bumps okay (laughs) i also got to say just as a side note, every, I, this is the third episode. Everybody I've interviewed said they prefer playing the villain. So I'm, I feel like there's some kind of weird psyche <laughs> out there for all my guests that are well, like. Well, here, here's the other thing to think of then too, though, is that when I did cosplay, I never did a cosplay where my face was showing. I always had a mask or helmets, and so my psychology friends find that also very interesting. It's probably more about being shy in public. <laughs> but everybody listening to this on audio, you can also check out the YouTube channel uh, that we'll have on the Project Nerd Network and see Stephen's lovely face and his beautiful studio. And we have we'll have clips and stuff of his work. Good night, people. All right, thank you. Thank you for watching Infinite Spaghetti. If you like the show, please share, comment, subscribe, rate review shows like this only exist with the constant support of its viewing audience for great cosplay content and amazing podcast head over to projectnerd.com that's project hyphen nerd.com